now. My favorite Howard Stern used to start. That was used to be his saying. I used to love Howard Stern until uh, he became so political. But anyway, welcome. It's been a minute, Marcus, on our Wise Up podcast. It's been a while since uh, I've been on vacation, doing this, doing that. Um, it's great to get back into things. How you doing, Marcus? I can't complain. I feel like we're well overdue. We got some like key listeners that's been messaging me like, hey, where you guys been at? So we yeah. got to hurry up and get this content back out there. What did you tell me the number of podcast episodes that it takes to be successful that most of them fail after whatever? What was that stat you were sharing with me? So they say most podcasts struggle to get to nine podcasts. So that's exactly where this one here is. This it's is our ninth one. one. Um, they say once statistics show once you get past your ninth podcast – you go into the one percentile, and you could fall into one of the most successful podcasts. Oh. So it normally takes about twenty or more episodes to kind of get into the rhythm, and you know, consider yourself as you know a one percenter. Right. Well, that's good. So we're this is an important podcast for that reason alone. Let's get right into it. Today's topic I'm very excited about. Um, I learned this subject from Uncle G. Who's Uncle G? Marcus, the legend, Grant Cardone. Right, Grant Cardone. Grant Cardone uh, brought to the surface this concept, which I thought was fantastic. And the more I think about it, I definitely uh, believe I have been diagnosed with this. And it's called being a maniac. Okay, Marcus, most people identify the word maniac with something bad. You know, we got a rash of mass shootings going on in this country, in the world. That's a whole other subject as to why that is. But that could be... Uh, an example of a maniac. But there's also another side of the, to the word maniac that Grant Cardone uh, exposed to all of us about a maniac in your life, a maniac in your marriage, in your family, maniac as your father. And I thought it was just um, pretty much specific to Grant's thinking that not many other people would has come up with that. But you know what? You, I put in chat GPT, the term maniac as a good thing, and I've got the most perfect one page in front of me. So obviously this is not an exclusive thought to Grant Cardone and myself. This, there, this is a thing. So the point of a, what we're talking about being a maniac in a positive way is that in my belief is children are born and they're very curious. They're all over the place. They want to try everything. They want to taste everything. And then we sack, suck the life out of all of them. Our families do, school does, our church, well-intended, all well-intended people to make them average and not look and look before they leap and save for a rainy day and do all the things that we've been telling kids to do forever and we've sapped all the energy and enthusiasm out of our kids. So the ma- I think the maniacness is born in all of us and then the maniacness gets sucked out of us as we... Uh, continue on in life and the only way to get it back is to is through self-development learning which is the whole point of this podcast i spend so much time on self-development that i have learned a whole new set of beliefs on how to operate my life i get to choose what things mean so on and so forth so marcus you've heard me say maniac in fact it's be a maniac is written on our wall in our conference room and um what do you associate with the word maniac you ever thought about it in a positive way, or is this the first time you're ever thinking of it that way? So 
preparing for this podcast, I was using chat uh, GTP as well. Mm. So <laughs> I took a page right out of your book on this one. Just, you know, and that was part of being a maniac, right? Like you, everybody can be a maniac. Like you talked about, Brad, like we as kids, we were maniacs, you know, it was just turned down. It was dialed down at a certain point in our life where people said, no, you got to conform. You got to do this. You, mm-hmm. you, you have to think about everything and to precise planning before you can just go ahead and take a risk where, you know, a kid, they're not thinking about it. If they want to no. go out and run in the mud, they don't care that they got a new pair of shoes on. They're no, maniac no governor. about that. They're just going to go for it. So preparing for this podcast, right? I just was really trying to find like a, a, a contrast that we can use because when you think of the word maniac, you always think about, like you said, the mass shooter, the guy who just did all of the most horrible, horrific things. That's the only thing we can think about when you think about a maniac. But if you actually dive into the definition of what a maniac is, it's really just a person, you know, with extreme passion, you know, they're pretty unpredictable. So, like, the word maniac to me, I think about myself, is being obsessed with something. Mm. You know, you can be obsessed with someone. And then one of your favorite words is just being completely um, intolerant Mm -hmm. of people being average or, you know, just accepting the status quo. So, like, I feel like everybody has a sense of maniacism inside of them, if that's a word. We just dial it down because we try to conform to society. Mm -hmm. Society says that you should only fit into this cookie-cutter style life, and anything unorthodox or outside of that, you're labeled a maniac. And we think that that's always a bad, you know, term to be labeled. But That's an excellent uh, description of what we're talking about. Uh, You just stole all sorts of my thunder on a lot of the things that I was going to say. So well done, student. Well done. I actually have the search query on ChatGPT. Now, we mentioned ChatGPT four times in this podcast. The bell ought to go off that you need to learn ChatGPT. It's absolutely insane. There's a ChatGPT 4 now for $20 a month that gives you even more plugins and more uh, up-to-date and more creative things. But this is absolutely, I'm addicted to ChatGPT. Okay, being a maniac is typically associated with a negative connotation as it refers to someone who is excessively enthusiastic, obsessive, or unstable in their behavior. However, if we were to explore the idea and find a positive aspects in extreme enthusiasm or dedication, we could consider the following. Number one, an intense passion. A person who is referred to as a maniac may exhibit intense passion for a particular interest. So, so Marcus, I would say, like, I play guitar. The greatest guitar players that have ever lived were maniacs. They spent night and day playing that instrument while all their friends were out chasing girls and doing drugs they were in their bedroom falling asleep with the guitar on their lap and then when they woke up in the morning it was the first thing they were to do that is just simply a fact so intense maniac type people are have an interest in something and they just take it all the way and they don't and they generally don't care about anything else and all the shrapnel that goes with that and now that we have ChatGPT, you use that as a resource. You don't need to know anything else. You just need to, they're only interested in the things they're interested in. You know, and that, that segues me slightly into an ADHD discussion, which I'm afraid to bring up because I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychologist. I don't play one on TV. And I, 
I have to say that I could be completely wrong about everything I'm about to say on this subject, but I don't think I am. But I have to at least say that so uh, uh, to satisfy our producer's uh, legal requirement, right? <laughs> so <clears throat> ADHD is a superpower in my opinion. I can list hundreds of people that have been diagnosed with ADHD like Will Smith, Jim Carrey, Michael Phelps, Woody Hallen, Woody Harrelson, Justin Timberlake, Albert Einstein, Adam Levine, Bill Gates, Howie Mandel. And um, I believe it's a superpower. I think you, uh, people with ADHD have that where they're interested in something, they're very, very good at it. And if they're not interested in it, they're, they, there's like a, a whole path of shrapnel behind them that they have trouble focusing and doing those things. So I was listening to an interview with Tony Robbins, and Tony Robbins has a, a course called Business Mastery where he interviews some of the biggest business leaders of all time, like the founder of Lululemon, the founder of Uber, and, and he goes into detail as to all the trials and tribulations and how these businesses were failing, 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 and all the obstacles that these business owners had to go through to, to I mean, just the perseverance and the, like imagine that the creator of Uber uh, going up against the yellow cab uh, industry in New York City, how difficult that was, right, and overcoming that. So one of the uh, interviews was with, I don't know if it was a guy from Uber or Lululemon, but it doesn't matter. The point is that he had ADHD, and, we, and then he found out his son was diagnosed with it too. And instead of telling his son that this is a disability, he told him it's your superpower. And that reminds me of another Tony Robbins story where they did a, a study when people were told by their doctor that they had eight months to live as opposed to keeping it a secret from them. Do you think the people that didn't know they had six months to live lived longer than the people who, who were told that they had six months to live? What do you think, Marcus? I think the ones of not knowing. It's absolutely a fact that if you tell people – they're going to die in eight or nine months. That's what they do. And if you don't tell them that, they live a lot longer. That's an absolute fact. And it's the same thing. So if we tell our kids that ADHD is a disability and that you're going to, you know, we're going to fawn over them and that you really, really shouldn't do this because, you know, you're not, you're built differently in all these limiting stories and limiting statements and limiting beliefs, and that's exactly what you're going to get. You need to give them their super power Superman cape and say, great. You have the same thing that I have. That means we are going to fly, baby. We're going to Mars. You know, that's sort of the narrative that I, I believe. And, again, I don't know anything, okay, folks? I don't know anything. But I know, I know everything. That's all I'm going to say. What you focus on happens. And if you, if you sell that diagnosis as a superpower, it has a whole different meaning, right? So that, that, that reminds me of um, – that reminds me, once we get back on track on the – Chad GPT definition of being a maniac. Number two, perseverance. Being a maniac often implies a relentless pursuit of goals, even in the face of challenges or setbacks. You know, people quit at a certain threshold. There's only so much struggle or pushback that a person can put up with, generally speaking. But maniacs, they, they just keep going. They just It's like uh, somebody that gets hit in the face and they just stand up again. You ever saw that YouTube video where a guy uh, just – let somebody kick him right in the balls. <laughs> you ever see that? Right, right. He probably, he gets awful. Yeah, it's crazy, <laughs> right? That guy's a maniac of all time, right? So I, I, that guy, that's the ultimate of, of per, per, perseverance. Number three, boundary breaking. People labeled as maniacs may be unafraid to challenge norms and question the status quo. Before I did this search, 
<clears throat> I jotted down on this other piece of paper my thoughts on being a maniac, and because I am a maniac, because I like to challenge the status quo. And there it is in the chat, P, chat GPT definition. And you know, we all have these these fences and boundaries in life, or at least we're talking about in business. And, um, you know, Tony Robbins always says that there's three reasons why you can't achieve a goal. You're not determined enough. You're not flexible enough. And you're not creative enough. Besides those three, there is no reason. And I repeat that over and over when I'm encountered by a team member or a friend that makes a limiting statement that they can't do something. I say, well, it just means you're not creative enough, determined enough, or flexible enough, that's it, to achieve that goal. So I guess it's like a governor. I go, well, what is, what is something that, that limits either the, like a thermostat or a temperature or, a, or a, uh, something that seals people? I'm, I'm trying to put this in a, in a way, Marcus, that is a, an analogy to something else that stifles something. Can you help me with that? We already said that school is doing that. We already, already said that good-intentioned family, you know, like a doctor that's treating someone for ADHD or whatever. I mean, chances are this doctor or psychologist or whatever has never achieved anything. Yeah, they're book smart, and they've read all about the disease, and they know all the studies, but, you know, Twisting it into a, a whole different meaning. It, it, see, it doesn't matter what's true. It's what the person believes, right? You understand what I mean? It doesn't matter if, it's, if, if that belief serves me, it makes me happy, and I believe that, and it, and it serves me my whole life. What's the harm in that? It doesn't have to be based on necessarily fact. It's what I believe. Thoughts? No, that <clears throat> right on. So I feel like, you know, you was trying to think of like an analogy to, you know, contrast like that, the governor, right? I, I feel like the rules that we have in place is that that governor, you know, like I, I think some of it is um, like psychological, you know, is over time is like, hey, our parents did this. So we got to continue to do, you know, follow the same suit in the track that we did. So sometimes you just to be afraid of stepping outside and doing something a little bit different just because of how you be viewed, you know, from like your peers or your family. So I feel like the governor can sometimes not be just like a physical thing. It could actually be the people that you're surrounded around could actually be a governor for you. You know, you if you don't have the right people in your corner that's telling you, hey, go ahead and do that. Yeah. Or even like I talk about it all the time, you know, coming from, you know, like certain areas. Right. You don't have that proximity to even be able to mm. see someone doing something different, you know, to even see like, hey, this guy, he has it going on. He owns his house. He owns his vehicle. Let me ask a question on how he did it. So now I can step outside of that status quo and just start to, you know, be obsessed and and go about life a little bit differently. So I feel like the people in our life can be our own governor mm. at times because they're going to want you to only do things that they either did or they believe is successful. And that's why even parents are still 20, 30 years later, are still preaching to their kids, go to college, get an education and find a job. How are we still telling, you know, the kids to do that same thing? Mm -hmm. 20, 30 years later when we know that the results and success is, you know, a thousand different directions and avenues that they can take. So the people in your life can be that true governor. Mr. Tony Robbins, 
talks about that exact subject. Number one, he says that proximity is power. Number two, you're the sum of the people you hang around with. Uh, maniacs like myself, maniacs like Grant Cardone, uh, if you suffer from that maniacness, uh, some of that mediocrity teaching doesn't sink in. Like it happened to Grant used to talk about how his mother never wanted him to take a risk, never wanted him to take a chance. Don't do that. Don't, don't, don't. He never listened to her. That's because of that. He had that maniacness in him. But there's a lot of people out there that don't have that maniacness inside them, or they're not, they didn't have the fortunate, um, situation to have ADHD characteristics. Research has found that people with ADHD have more creativity and idea generation than people without the disorder. This can lead to out-of-the-box thinking that is so important to innovation, hyper-focus. Many people with ADHD become hyper-focused on things that interest them. Like I mentioned before, things that interest them. The downside is things that don't interest them, they have trouble with. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I mean, is that such a bad thing? I mean, I'm that way. I don't care. Things that I don't care about, I'm terrible at. Home maintenance, home maintenance, forget it. I, I, there's probably no one worse than me when it comes to home maintenance because I don't care about it. I think I'm worse. Really? Okay. One hundred percent. Is it because you don't care about it? I, I don't have a passion for it at yeah. all. Yeah. And it, like, even us, like, stopping right here, it reminds me of episode one of specialized knowledge. You're not supposed to know and care about everything that doesn't align with your true vision, your passion, right. But your some goals. people live a life where they want to learn about everything, but you got to ask yourself, is, is it serving you? Is it helpful to you? Is it getting where you, where you want to go? Right. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to be so self-righteous and tell you what to do. What we're doing here is we're standing on top of a mountain sharing with you what has worked for us. And very humbly speaking, it may not, it may be all be, all be bullshit. I don't really care because you know why? Because I choose to believe it, and those beliefs serve me and make me a happy, fulfilled, successful person. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter what is accurate or true. It, what matters is what I, my beliefs are and if it serves me or not. Um, you know, a someone with no arms and legs. We are, we've all seen those Ted talks. So that person's so much happier than the people that, you know, have everything, right? It's all about perspective and how you look at things. <clears throat> the subject of being a maniac today that we're talking about in a positive way, you know, maniac people behaviors are, you know, blow up ships. <laughs> I mean, blow up the trail behind them, you know, they could leave, there's some shrapnel, there's some downside to being a maniac. You may be considered intolerant or insensitive, or can you think of anything else, Market, that, that it could be a drawback of being a maniac in a positive way? There could be some drawbacks to that, so we should probably talk about that. Can you think so, of any? You Rubbing people the wrong way that aren't on the same radio station as you or at the same speed, maybe? Yeah, and then... I feel like, you know, the contrast between, you know, a good and a bad maniac, you can take everything that that bad maniac does and pretty much reverse it into, you know, a good way. Like Grant actually talks about, like, everything that you do should be in the good and the graces of all people, right? And then we should also do things that pretty much only enhance our lifestyle. So if you think about it, like a bad maniac, would be a person who acts off of impulse. 
So now a good maniac could have a little bit more strategy to it, but still act off of impulse when it comes down to taking a risk and, you know, taking advantage of an opportunity and a lifetime of an opportunity. So you do have to have a set of impulse for that and formulate it with a little bit more of strategic uh, planning and things like that. And now you take that that ideology of a bad maniac and you turn it into something good. So you can take everything bad that that maniac does and reverse it into something good, you know. And the main thing is, long as it's not harming anybody, like mm-hmm. a maniac, you it, it's okay to to have you know that in, intense emotion, that intense passion, you know, um, and just being impulsive and just just taking action. And, and really, what I love best about a maniac is it's like very slim that they're going to just take no for an answer and just accept that you know without some type of repercussions or some type of you know forward action and activity. It's sort of unreasonable. Unreasonable thinking is what maniacs have. It's there's no reason, because reason I think was the genesis of reason comes from limiting type teaching. So to be unreasonable, you're sort of operating on your own frequency. But you're right, being a maniac should not cause harm to other people, except for one thing: business. Those of you listen to the podcast know we're in the automobile business. We're a huge Chevy dealer. And there are the, I've heard people say, you should stop trying to beat the Chevy dealer down the street. You should try to beat the Toyota down the street, and all the Chevy dealers should be kumbaya and work together. No. I want to put the Chevy dealer down the street out of business, Jack. Okay, I don't want them to sell one car. That's how I feel. So that's maniac style. Now, that there may be people that don't agree with that. That's fine. But... Anybody that's in business has to have that, a, a giant, enormous desire to conquer, right? To be number one, to, you know, just crush the competition. Without that passion and that desire, it, this isn't fun. You know, that, for me, it isn't anyway. Yeah, it's just a job. Yeah, right. It's you know? fun, to, it's fun to, to paint this painting or this clay, to shape this clay in such a way that it becomes the most beautiful creature that's walked the earth and watch it watch what it does right the, just the you know our team we add people we remove people we add different plays and different strategies and we remove strategies and we every you know the car business is on 30-day cycles and then we see how it plays by the performance you know and if the performance wasn't what uh we were anticipating then we make more moves but to me that's so creative it's so great to be able to succeed on our ideas or fail on our ideas because we will build the world's greatest dealership even if it burns to the ground. You heard me say that. This is a Wise Up podcast today. We're talking about being a maniac. Now, you can be a maniac at home with your marriage and your child, you know, spending time with your family where you're not distracted and looking at your phone all the time and taking them on magical adventures like going to the humane society and spending three hours there looking at kitty cats right and then having the um, uh, ice cream sundae right after that really like planning out the next day you have with your child instead of letting the day just you know everybody's just vegging out on the couch and they're on their phones you know a maniac would would try to create just this incredible 
you know, if we're going to be up for 15 hours, how do we make these 15 hours the most incredible 15 hours of your life? Or if your life was going to, if you knew you were going to die next year, what's that song by Tim McGraw, Live Like You Were Dying? That's maniac thinking, right? I mean, I don't say that I do that um, on my, in my personal life. I'm more of a maniac in my professional life than I am in my personal life. And that's just, that's just my, something I work on. And I do work on that. And I've had lots of self-development training on being a great husband, being a great father, and nobody's perfect, including me. But it's something that's top of mind that I think about a lot. And, you know, the whole experience of being a human being really at the end of the day is to be fulfilled and happy. It isn't to be rich. It isn't to this, that. It's, it's, it's what that, you know, playing a musical instrument, for example, isn't about playing the musical instrument. It's the feeling I get from playing the musical instrument. So that's what human beings are after, our feelings. We're all trying to get a feeling. When someone's buying a car, they're buying a feeling. They're not buying a car. If you're buying a Camaro, what feeling are you buying, Marcus? Real fast. Everybody looking your way. You rolling the road. Yeah, so right. If you're, buy, fun, if you're buying an SUV, what feeling are you buying? Taking my family's out on road trips. We're going to go to Disney. You know, we go out to dinner, invite the friends. Salespeople, listen to me. Listen to me. An SUV, in a lot of times, could be keeping up with the Joneses. The husband or the wife that drops the kid off at school every day in line, and there's these Mercedes and all these unbelievable, shiny, brand-new SUVs, and you're driving. driving what, I don't want to insult a brand. I don't know. We're dri- you're driving a Kia Sedona, okay? That's 10 years old. I was going to say a town and country Chrysler. Okay, you're driving that, right? Well, you feel insignificant in that line if you're the person that's doing that. Every day you're doing that, and you know you feel insignificant, right? And the kids may feel, you know, a little insignificant. Oh, absolutely. So when they go to the car dealership, they're, they're not going to tell you that. Oh, I want to get an SUV because I want to look good. They're going to tell you some bullshit budget story. Oh, yeah, you know, we like the room, but we need to be at seven fifty a month. You know, that, that's not it. you got to uncover the reason, and that's the real reason. And if you can paint that picture or satisfy that feeling, you can move mountains. There is no budget. We talked about logic, uh, how logical people do terrible in sales because they don't understand that people are buying a feeling. Yeah, and most of them, I even tell, you know, our guests – and they know it, you know, I say it as a joke just to kind of break the ice, but I say, hey, you're, you're purchasing this vehicle today to make which one of your neighbors mad, the one right. on the left side or right. the right side? Or the ex-wife yeah. and buying the Camaro, right? Isn't that a, you know, the most dangerous call our, our beloved police officers go on are domestic quarrels. You know what that is? Feelings. Mm-hmm. Emotions and feelings are very powerful. And when we can master that and understand that in sales and in any other aspect of life, that's what we're doing in this podcast of so the Wise Up podcast. It's all about feelings, and we're trying to make people better people. We're trying to make people better business people, better husbands, better fathers, better mothers, better daughters. Um, final thoughts on um, being a maniac. Uh, you mentioned it a little bit, but I wanted to bring it up about getting rid of of people in your life that don't really subscribe to the same radio station that you're on because they're always going to try to judge you or bring you down. Now, you might say, and I might say, that it doesn't get into my head. When people like to make comments that I'm just too in it to win it, you're just too intolerant, Brad, of people who aren't, that this isn't as important to them as it is to you and that you locked Marcus out of the meeting this morning because he was one minute late 
and you put the chair. 40, I know you're gonna. Seconds. I know you're gonna argue about this today, but we're gonna. I did forty so, seconds. So I, in my older age, I have become Clint Eastwood, and I may, and I don't care. That was a maniac. Yeah, I was. I pulled a maniac move. Marcus is the newest manager, and in my, in my opinion, he should be the first person in the meeting, sitting in the front row with a white shirt on, with good posture, with his hands folded. That's my hallucination. Well, what happened was I was the first person in the meeting again. And I was out last night, late last night playing in the band, okay, my guitar in the band. And uh, so 829 comes around, and I'm, my antenna's up. I'm looking for Marcus because I'm hyper-focused on him, and he's not there. So I lock, I shut the door, and I put a big heavy chair in front of the door, and I heard him knocking, and I ignored your ass. Go. I Tell just your was... side of the story. <laughs> so I was overly prepare for the meeting this morning i actually wrote it down in my planner last night you know i planned for the podcast my day was going perfect the thing that happened <laughs> and it's <laughs> not an excuse is that working you know dual roles from sales manager to finance this was a finance meeting this morning i just wanted to check on my sales team and just let them know that i was here that they can count on me i got their back if they need me they can call me so i just wanted to check in with them it did cause for me to be like 40 seconds late to the meeting. Unacceptable. 100% unacceptable, and it won't happen again. Okay. What, I, what have I taught you about optics? All right? Optics are very yeah. important. How things look don't necessarily, aren't necessarily what things are. But we'll, we'll, uh, this, is a, <laughs> this was fun going back and forth with you on that. So I got another example go of, a, of a good maniac. I think this will really help the people. So like we talked about um, – well, I'm going to go back to Grant, right? Grant talked about becoming a maniac in your life and in, in your career, right? So that's where we kind of got to find that balance. Like you talked about, Brad, going home and being fully present with your family, your wife, your kids, and then also being that same type of maniac when you come into work. So we always talk about the bad maniac, the person who does something tragic, something violent, something reckless. But if you think about that good maniac, we all have it in us because we're all enthusiastic and dedicated to these sports teams, to these athletes, to these players. So that's a maniac. When you're wearing this person's jersey, yeah, you know fanatic maniac. All, all yes. the stats, you know all the players on the team, the assistant coach, the last time they won a championship, you're painting your body, you're buying the jerseys. That's a maniac. So if you take that same type of enthusiasm and passion – and put it into something that's going to help you advance your life, you're going to be successful, you know, because that's what it takes. It takes for you to become an absolute maniac in everything you do. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is, how you do anything is how you do, do everything. everything. That's right. So become a maniac, and remember, a maniac is not something bad. A maniac is something good, long as you're not trying to cause physical harm to anybody but when it comes to competition we're trying to kick their butt we're trying to stomp them so far into the ground and it's mm. nothing wrong with that when it comes to business but when you talk about the life let's just make sure you know we keep the world in you know a beautiful place how it's been it's already a lot of stuff going on um at some point in our lives we believed in santa claus <clears throat> and we were maniacs about it and then someone told us santa claus wasn't real somebody who diminished our enthusiasm, our passion for something. 
that and personal ever, governor. Right, and ever since then, we believed that there was no Santa. But if believing in Santa would serve me, your child, it would make them happier for a longer period of time, what's the harm in that? Do we have to be statistically or accurately right on everything? Or, and this is the important thing, and I hope you guys get this, whatever we believe, does it serve us? Brad Wise, Wise Up Podcast. Marcus Lee, thank you for joining me. Thank you for uh, handling all the technical parts of this. And uh, next time, we won't wait so long before our next episode. This is Brad Wise. I'm out. Marcus. Thank you so much for listening. I want to give a special thanks this week to uh, Carlos Costa at Colonial Subaru in Danbury, Connecticut, and John Roberts from Robert Motors, LLC, in Alton, Illinois. Thank you guys so much for listening, supporting the podcast. Um, if there's any questions that you guys have, leave them at the bottom of the podcast on Spotify. We'll answer them on the next podcast. You can reach out to both me and Brad, uh, direct message on Facebook. So don't hesitate. We want to help you guys grow as well as we want to grow. This podcast, our intention is to give you real-life information, real-life advice from people who are really doing it today. So thank you for listening. Continue to listen. Wise Up Podcast. Thank you.